Welcome to Let's Chat Teaching, an Apple Tree Resources podcast where each week we'll dive into all things teaching in the grades 5 to 8 classroom. I'm your host, Nicole Sanders, a classroom teacher turned online pro D course creator. I'm here to help you strategize, unpack, and create more ease in your classroom this year. Hello, and welcome to Let's Chat Teaching. It's Nicole here, and today we are chatting about two different ways to plan and set up a novel study. Have you ever wondered how to set up a novel study? Or what should I focus on and what kind of activity should I use in a novel study? If so, then this is the podcast for you. I can hear some of you thinking, hey, Nicole, I have taught a novel study in my class for years now, and this ain't nothing new. I get that. But keep listening as there may be a few new ideas in this episode to bring a bit more ease into your novel study this year. It'll be worth it. Let's get started. Today, we'll look at two different ways to set up and teach a novel study. We're starting with the understanding that a novel study or a whole class novel study is not just reading a book aloud to the class. That's super fun. And there's a lot of benefits to that actually, but having a few class discussions doesn't make it a novel study. A novel study is a combination of reading a novel together as a class. I like reading it aloud, slowing down to study the text practice comprehension, fluency, and learn about or review literary concepts like foreshadowing, point of view, and the different types of conflict in a story. When it comes to trying to decide what to focus on or teach in a novel study, it's important to go back to the learning standards in your state or province. And we want to take a look at these again and again throughout the year. I like to print them out actually in in September, or if I don't get to it, I print it out as soon as I can. We always want to focus on planning with the end in mind. And the end in mind is making sure that our students have a firm grasp and understanding of the overall concepts or learning standards in our state or province. In order to do that, we're setting them up for success in their future for the following year and in the classroom itself this year. So I like to print them out. I have them on hand. I just put them in a duotang or a binder for myself. And I go back when I start planning units. I like to highlight the learning standards that we've gone over as a class already so that I can see the unhighlighted standards that are still there that need to be met. And then I'm able to focus on those as I plan the next unit. Doesn't mean that highlighted standards for myself, that I'm not going to go back and reteach that. As we know, teaching is uh, cyclical, not linear. So it's a circle. We have to go back and relearn, redip our toe into learning concepts And that's really where the depth comes in when we go back to a learning concept and we're able to apply that learning concept in a new way. We can see a lot of depth for our students. Each time we do that, there's a bit more further understanding. And then we get to be able to have a little bit more ease. Our students have a lot more ease and comfort with learning standards. And that is when they're going to be comfortable to experiment and try new things and try different ways around and using the different learning in all the learning standards in every subject. But that's really how you're going to want to start to plan a novel study. It's not sexy. It's boring. I get it. Going back to those learning standards. But we are professionals. We're teachers. And we want to make sure that we're hitting all of those learning standards or as many learning standards as we can. And being diligent about going back to them when we plan units to remind ourselves what we've gone over, Sometimes I even put a little asterisk about if there's a learning standard we have gone over as a class. So I have done my due diligence in teaching it, but the students that particular year seem to be struggling with it. I might put a little asterisk or 
a star beside it or something like that, just to give myself a heads up. Oh yeah, remember, let's, if we can, we're going to go over that learning concept again so that the students can really grasp a hold of it. So that is how I would start planning a novel study unit, no matter what time of year I'm doing this novel studies. I love novel studies. I'm sure if you've listened to previous episodes, you have already gotten that vibe. It's one of my favorite units in the year. One thing that I love about it is you can actually teach a novel study unit any time of the year. Any time of the year that you want to squeeze in a novel study is a great time. There are some benefits in teaching it later on, but it's just as effective if you teach it early. And sometimes you can do multiple novel studies in a year if you do it earlier on and choose different novels or theme them. Um, You can focus on different things in different novel studies. You could even have an entire course if you're in a middle school model where you're looking at elements of literature and story structure through novel studies. That could be an entire course to itself where you do multiple novel studies in a year. That would be amazing. I would love to teach that course. (laughs) I love teaching a novel study My favorite time, I guess, is teaching a novel study is right after Christmas, when you come back from Christmas with your students, Christmas break, starting a novel study, and so before spring break. So it's really in that magical time after Christmas and before spring break, where there's this chunk of time. Of course, you're going to have, you know, a couple of pro D days or whatever, because school's never not interrupted, but it's the longest stretch, I think in my teaching career where there is the least amount of interruptions. And so you're able to do a longer unit that's consecutive, right? These aren't one-offs. You're teaching a novel, which will be longer, which will take some time, especially if you're going to be reading it aloud to your students, which is such an amazing experience for both myself as a teacher, for you as a teacher, you can connect with your students on a really wonderful level. And it's so great for your students too, to be a part of that corporate and group learning And so I love doing it in that little cubby of time after Christmas break and before spring break so that the novel study doesn't get interrupted again and again, because that can really put a crinkle in the flow of the novel study and reading a book. Oh, I don't know about yourself, but when I read a book and I get interrupted, it's irritating. And if there's time like a week or two, like a spring break or a Christmas break in between, say, chapter 11 and 12, we can lose focus. We can lose our love for the characters. We can even lose the memory of what's going on and having to catch up and all that stuff. So to skip that completely, that's why I like to do it at that time. But like I said, with novel studies, we can choose any time of the year to teach them and they can be highly successful. How we teach a novel study though, it will depend depending on when we teach it in the year. So for example, if we've already taught a short story unit, and then after that short story unit, we teach uh, how to write your own short story. So we've already taught those two units. And then later on, we do a novel study. Well, that is a an ideal time to start teaching a novel study, because students have already been introduced to various elements of literature and story structure. So they are already very familiar with the notes, not only just the notes, but using that example in short stories and in writing their own short stories They've looked at character development and types of conflict and point of view and all of the things that you're focusing on, whatever the things are that you're focusing on within elements of literature and fiction writing. They've already looked at that and they've already dug into that. And so if you've already done that, you've laid the foundation, a very strong foundation for a novel study. 
And so you can pull out those notes that you've already done. It's the repetition of the same notes is really important, not only for yourself. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here. This is how we get to teacher burnout. We just, it's not smart, but it's also really respectful for our students to be using these same, the same language, the same notes when we're talking about elements of literature and story structure, because what it does is it, it tells students very clearly that this is about, we're going to, we're stepping back. It's about story structure and elements of literature, which applies to short stories. Also, when you're writing your own short story and when we're looking at a longer story within a novel, without actually saying it, it's very clear and we're modeling the success and the understanding of the fact that elements of literature and story structure, it applies to all types of fiction story. And so one of the ways to do that is to live it out through using the same notes. If we can, we use the same notes and some of the same activities even, but they're using it and being applied to a slightly different type of story, whether we're writing the story or it's in a short story, but now we're in novel study. And by doing that repetition, having that repetition in the class, students are being set up for success because they already know what success looks like. Now their job is to apply what success looks like in a new context. And if you're looking at the hierarchy of learning in Bloom's taxonomy. In the Bloom's taxonomy, it has like levels of learning and rote memorization is on the bottom level of learning. Yes, that is level of learning, but it's not deep learning. It's shallow learning. As you go up through Bloom's taxonomy, you can look that up if you want, applying a learning concept to a new way or a new form is one of the highest ways for learning. One of the highest points on the pyramid of learning, which really indicates deep learning. And this is what we want for our students, right? We want deep learning, but not adding in all that extra work and reinventing the wheel each time. That's actually counterintuitive. It takes away from that deep learning. So the repetition of these notes, even some of the activities like types of character or point of view or dialogue within a story, those kind of things, those repetition activities and notes and understandings throughout these various styles of fiction writing, short stories, writing a short story, and now in a novel, really allows and respects our student and allows them to go much deeper in their learning. And it allows us as teachers to go deeper with our students without teacher burnout. Now that is the magic, isn't it? That's what we really want. We don't want to be burnt out. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. We don't want to be stressed out recreating activities every single time. We want both deep learning for our students, because that's why we burn out, right? That's We're just like running in circles trying to get them involved, excited, and success. But in order to do that, we need actually need a lot more repetition than we think. Anyway, that's my little tangent there. So if you've already taught a short story unit and a write your own short story unit, then you have set yourself up with a very successful foundation to teach a novel study. And then what I would do is I wouldn't actually go and do a bunch of elements of literature activities. You can, and that will reinforce all of the different learning concepts that you've already done within a new context with a novel study. So that would be great learning. Another way to look at that though, when you've already taught those previous units, is to go in and look at a harder concept. So let's say point of view, for example. There are various points of view an author can take 
when writing a story. And if it's been introduced before, I often find that students, they, they get a little bit, they kind of understand a little bit the first time around with point of view, but there's so much more to understand with point of view. So if I've already taught the other previous units and I already have that firm foundation, I might focus on point of view within the novel study. I might spend half the class reading out loud to the students and the other half discussing the point of view written in the novel that the, that the author has chosen. And we can pull out examples. Just everybody has their book. Everybody's looking for the point of view the author has, has taken, taking text evidence and having that class discussion. And the next time, the next day, I might read for half the time and then do a point of view activity, an individual activity. And then another class, read for half the class and then have a group activity with plot or point of view, sorry. And then also have the next day a writing reflection after reading part of the novel again. So taking like a good chunk of time, three, three to five classes to really dig deep into point of view, which allows our students to have time to process, ask questions, come around and listen to their classmates and the teacher as well and apply it to the novel that they have at hand. So that's how I might do it a bit differently. If I've already set up the foundation with previous units, I would take those bigger learning concepts and I would use them over several days rather than having an elements of literature activity that goes towards one learning concept and then the next day doing another one. That's another way to do it. But because you've already laid that really great foundation, there's no need to touch on every element of literature anymore. Now you can choose some of those concepts to go deeper with. And that's how I might do it with a class that's ready to go deeper because they have that foundation. If I chose to teach a novel study to my students before they had been introduced to literary concepts with other story units, such as search stories, that kind of thing, if this is going to be one of your first units, maybe you want to teach a novel study a few different times, or you just love them and you want to do it early and you're just ready for it. And so are your students. If you want to teach this before any of the other units, that's great. This is a wonderful unit to teach um, elements of literature. The only thing there then would be that you'd need to slow down and start with introducing students to basic elements of literature. I might start with elements of literature notes. The notes may sound really boring, but they can and should be referred to throughout the novel study. And bonus, you can use those notes with short story unit or a write your own short story unit. Remember, not reinventing that wheel, but use it again and again. When we're teaching a novel study and introducing the elements of literature and story structure for the first time, we are not overcomplicating things for our students and we are not burning ourselves out by reinventing that wheel. When trying to choose activities to do with your students in a novel study, we want to try to choose activities that directly correspond to the elements of literature and story structure notes. In this way, we're doing a bit of repetition and we're allowing our students to go deeper in their understandings, even when it's done for the first time. So those activities that you're going to choose with and for the novel specifically that you're reading, ideally, you'd read the novel or have read the novel before the unit begins. This is not always possible, but ideally, as the teacher, we would read the novel before we, t- we read it to our students. And in that way, you're able to choose when certain activities would really connect to the book nicely. And that will bring a lot of ease into your unit as well. If you pre-purchase novel study units, 
a good novel study unit should do that for you. Like they've done the work for you. It connects when it should to various elements of literature and story structure, notes and learning concepts. That's a good novel study is when they're able to connect at the right time throughout the novel study and they have all of those activities in there for you. But when you're creating one on your own, ideally you'd read the book first and then choose the different elements of literature and story structure concepts that you really want your students to grasp a hold of. You can choose a bunch of them, so like one for each part of the notes or story elements, or you could choose to focus on five in one of the novel studies and really just take time to nurture those understandings for those learning outcomes. If you are a visual person like me and you would like to see a few of the activities that would work for any novel study, then head over to my store in Apple Tree. It's called Apple Tree Resources. It's on Teachers Pay Teachers. And I have a product there. It's called Activities for Any Story. Uh, I'll put a, a direct link in the show notes. Well, actually, my wonderful VA will be putting in a direct link in the show notes, and it'll also be in the podcast blog. Thank you, Lauren. There are over 30 activities there to use with any novel, and you can use them for any short story as well. But if you don't want to purchase that, that's no worries. Just take a look at the preview. It has pictures of the activities within the product itself or the resource itself that you can bounce off of, right? You can take a look and be like, oh yeah, this will work. I could do that. And in the description, it also lays out what activities are in the product. But if you're just looking at it, like what you could use for your novel study, pre-reading, during reading, and before, before or after reading, sorry. So pre-reading, during reading, and after reading, there's a description of the activities. And when you're reading that, maybe, I mean, best case scenario would be you remembering, oh, I have these activities. They're in this you know, digital file folder or this physical file folder. And all I have to do is print them out or pull them out and photocopy them. That's best case scenario. Because the reality is we buy stuff we can use all the time. Do not reinvent the wheel. Don't buy stuff you don't need. If you can reuse something that you've used before, like I've purchased a novel study unit, and let's say the novel study unit is for touching spirit bear, then the unit itself, there might be elements of literature activities within that unit that aren't actually directly related to touching spirit bear. It might just have the title touching spirit bear, and then it'll say conflict. And then it's like a generic use this activity for conflict. It's It happens. So if you have that, you can just white out the novel study title and use it and photocopy it and use it as part of your novel study because it will apply because there's various types of conflict within every story, right? So you can use those, just white out the title and use it for your novel study. And that's just another way to save yourself some money and time because someone else has created it. But it's not as quick as purchasing and printing off for any novel, but it's quicker than reinventing the wheel and having to recreate worksheets, right? So think about what you have. If you're like really stuck in your brain, go check out that preview for the activities you can do with any novel in the store. There'll be a direct link. Just check out the preview and see what you already have before you go purchasing anything else. But that would be a really great way to just like, okay, these are the activities I'm going to focus on. These are the activities I'm going to use. Okay, this episode is feeling like it's getting a little long. Sorry about that, but I want to quickly touch on how I organize the logistics of what a novel study looks like for our students. This will be quick. 
but there are two different ways I love to set up a novel study, like the logistics of it, so that it's it brings ease into both my students' lives and my own life. It's such a great way. So we're just going to touch on them very quickly. The first one is I love using interactive notebooks. If you don't know what interactive notebooks are, quickly, they're activity books where you print out pages and you cut out to various activities and you glue them on and you work right inside the notebook. And so then everything is there and you have this beautiful notebook at the end that has everything in chronological order. There's things, there are like writing, your reading responses right in the notebook, but maybe the question is glued on the top. And there's activities that get glued in, like all the conflict activities are in there, all the notes are in there that can be referred to throughout the unit, that kind of thing. So I love using interactive notebooks. If you're not totally sure what those are, and that's kind of a new concept to you, hang on creating a full episode or two on interactive notebooks in the future. But yes, if you already know what those are, interactive notebooks is a fabulous way to teach novel studies. I always pre-prep a novel study from beginning to end because I already know the end in mind and what I want my students, where I want my students to go. And that saves me so much time. In the business world, we call that batching. And in teaching world, we call that, what do we call that? Front loading. So I front load my units by prepping the entire unit. So I will photocopy a class set of each activity and I will have them behind my desk so that I can pull them out every day that I'm going to teach. And yes, front loading or batching uh, really saves so much time, but it feels like a lot of work in the beginning. But then the entire unit is just like, there's so much ease and joy in an entire unit when it's been pre-prepped. Also, it doesn't get derailed. So often we get derailed in our units and I've gotten derailed in my units when I didn't front load them. And I don't want to say it's wasted time, but it's sometimes it's not as focused. And so it's a really great way to bring ease and focus and depth into a unit is to front load them and pre-prep them before they begin. The other way, the second way I absolutely love organizing a novel study unit is to, again, prep the entire unit beforehand. I make a master copy for myself. So I have everything in chronological order, every activity, all the notes, all the writing assignments, all that kind of thing. So I have a master copy for myself. And then I go to the photocopier and I make full size booklets for my students. I know we see these in the primary levels, like the tiny half size booklets when they're learning to write letters and things like that. But it is magic in the grade five to eight classroom to create themed or unit booklets. Yes, you have to front load those units and pre-prep them like crazy, but it brings so much ease and clarity for myself and my students and their parents and the principal and all of the helping adults in the room. We call them learning assistants here. It just makes so much clarity and less questions so that you can really dig deep into the content itself. On a photocopier, they're called magazines, but they're booklets, essentially. The only downfall of these booklets is if you're running out of time and you need to skip an activity. I've definitely done that. And I just have students cross out the activity in the booklet. So it's very clear to both parents, admin and other adults that that's not an activity that we're doing. Or if you come up to a learning concept and you realize, oh, my class needs more time on this, you can always add an activity outside of it that doesn't make it into the booklet. That's totally fine. 
but it's just not as seamless as an interactive notebook where you're gluing in or using it day of of the activity because that allows you to pivot more, slow down, speed up, get rid of, add new things in. But a booklet I have found to be extremely successful for my students primarily. They don't lose their stuff. They flip back to the notes every single class to use as reference points. I require my students when we do class discussion to use the academic language that we're learning in our Elements of Literature notes. So in order to do that, especially in the beginning, they need to have those notes in front of them. And so when you pull out that interactive notebook or that booklet that you've created for them, they have those notes as the first two pages. So it'll be a note template that they have filled in on their pages. But there they are for them. And so we're having these class discussions And when I ask a question like, what is the point of view the author has chosen to use in this novel? Students are required to use the words point of view. It's important the entire class understands what that means. And learning is cyclical. They'll need to go back and read that definition again. And so they all flip back to that. They read it again. Some kids, students already know that instantly, but they're all again on the same page. They understand the question. They understand what is being asked of them. And even if they don't know the answer, they are at least on the same page in the learning concept. So a student answers, and then I ask for, okay, can somebody find some um, text evidence to support, you know, Jane's assertion that the point of view is first person in this novel? And then, you know, Billy might raise his hand, even though he didn't remember what point of view was, but now he's been caught up. Jane has given him an answer. He agrees. He's read the definition, and now he's instantly able to pull out text evidence. He raises his hand, he reads the text evidence to support Jane's answer of first person point of view. And students who have been who have felt fallen behind now have the definition in front of them, they have a class assertion, and they have another classmate pulling text evidence. So they're not only caught up in the class discussion, the academic language, but they're also being given success stories or success examples from their classmates. And if classmates can do it, they can do it too, right? And so I ask always for two or three examples, allowing those other students to catch up and be a part of the academic conversation around them. That is it for today's episode. It has gone on a little long. Thank you so much for sticking with me and spending some of your very valuable time with me today. We will keep chatting about this stuff as we move forward. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episode that releases on Tuesday. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. If you'd like five free activities to use with any story you can use today, then head over to appletreeresources.com slash story activities. That's appletreeresources.com slash story activities to get five activities you can use with any story for free. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know we're all busy and I feel honored you chose to spend some of that time with me. Until next time.